What do you call that? Comfort zone. Comfort? No, I'm always comfortable. I see some. I see some follow-up in our document. Who wrote that? I wrote it, but I didn't actually do the homework, so I have nothing to say. the The dot point is Microsoft Teams. Uh, I was going to download it and invite you to test it, and we could have a, a chat going there, but I never got around to it. So an update on the least used emoji. It's still the input symbol for Latin capital letters. And it's been that way for 11 straight days as we record. It's a bit sad. Yeah, I don't really, again, I don't know why you would use it. Uh, I'm trying to look for use cases for it so we get another one. But yeah, it doesn't It doesn't look good. I predicted to stay the least uh, used emoji for uh, four weeks. All right. I'm looking through back through the history of this Twitter bot, and it seems like a lot of um, it's only been running for about six months, but it seems like a lot of them stay the same for forty odd days before uh, forty or fifty odd days before changing. I'm not going to make a prediction, but I think it's probably longer than four weeks. All right, Marlin is over. Zach, you're also over. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go over fifty days. All right. Locked in. So last week you were you were uh, talking about a story you were telling about Flux. Do you d- today actually want to talk about the story that you were telling? Oh yeah, so the Flux story. It's actually not super exciting, um, but if you if you care about this, um, the story was basically that uh, I used to live in very high up north in Sweden and. During winter, we basically had one hour sunlight uh, each day. And it was really sad because I was, um, during the unfortunate days when I was actually not able to go outside during this one hour, I was just sitting inside, sometimes with, uh, with, in, a, in a room without any windows. And I saw my screen getting brighter for this one hour. And then it just slowly got, or very quickly actually got darker and darker because what flux does is to change the temperature depending on where the sun is so it was sort of like oh now my screen is finally in full brightness and then it goes down again so it was actually really frustrating color temperature the color temperature not brightness yeah it's called color temperature oh that's so sad i I was expecting a story about how like flux has changed your life i don't know i thought it was going to be very It, dramatic it, and like TED talky and you know, <laughs> but now, now it's sad. It's like, oh, and you got an hour of sunlight. Well, it did change my behavior. I turned flux off because <laughs> I, I was just getting too sleepy from the screen always being so um, so warm. So yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a happy ending, but it changed something. But it was really sad doing one in in Sweden, the way semesters work is you kind of have one, one topic at a time. Like in Australia, you usually have... Uh, three or four that you're doing at the same time in sweden you only have one topic that you focus on um and then you change every month um it was really sad during uh, the middle of winter we i had one lecture exactly during the one hour of sunlight so i had an entire month uh, of not being able to see any sun during the the week so i could only see the, the little bit of sunlight uh, uh on the weekend it was really sad it's pretty rough. Yeah. That's why we moved to Australia and then to That's actually one of the reasons that we moved to Australia. After after we made it through one winter, we're like, all right, we never wanna we never wanna do this again. Uh what is the exact opposite of that? Are you in Canada now? Is that really any different? <laughs> it's Vancouver. Vancouver is the warmest city in in, uh, in Canada. Yeah, we actually have palm trees here. <laughs> I had a question, or not really a question. It was more... More of a statement. <laughs> I know what you're referring to. Um, what is the next... What is upcoming now for Apple? What is the next release that you're expecting as in product release from Apple? iPhones, isn't it? <laughs> September. iPhone season. You, you mean as in a new product? So, so September is the next event, right? Is 
when is when are the watches usually announced? Is that in, during the same event? It used to be. Yes, usually it is. It used to be like a Mars event, Mars March event. Um, <laughs> would be cool if it's a Mars event. <laughs> <laughs> so it used to be a March event um, for the first and the second generation, I think. Uh, but then they sort of moved it to be announced together with the iPhone. Guess it makes sense to have the software in sync. Maybe I'm wrong. The original watch was announced in September uh, with alongside the iPhone 6 really? and 6 Plus, but it didn't ship until March. So there was the introduction oh. event in September, but you're right that they did have a second event in March that was essentially the launch event of, hey, we're launching it, you know, the end of the month or whatever it was, and they basically recapped everything it could do. And that was probably the more important event, uh, but the introduction was in September. And then the Series 2 – or yeah, Series 2, which was the second gen watch, was also announced in September. So it's been uh, September in September three of the last four years. Um, that sort of second year, they didn't actually announce a watch. But for me, I don't know. Apple Watch still feels like a spring product because you, you go out, you're you're going for, you're working out outside, you're, you're going running. Kind of makes sense for me to be a, a spring product. Maybe they were um, trying to appeal to the Australian population. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. It is a product. <laughs> yeah. So, so we expect, or do you expect then during that event to have new iPhone, which I, I think is pretty much guaranteed, a new Apple Watch, which I would also expect, um, potentially air power if apple ever acknowledges that that's a product they've mentioned before what's air power i, I never heard of that i think you dreamt that was a dream you had right yeah i think it's a dream a lot of us had um and then new imax or some some other max yeah i think that's realistic expectations for a september event uh, i mean a phone and watch pretty much a given air power simply because it's overdue uh, and it wouldn't be unusual for them to introduce Max at the beginning. I don't think they put much time into it. Uh, just like they dropped the the new Max in a sorry the new MacBook Pros in a press release, uh, I imagine it would be fairly similar with the iMax that they would only give it probably fifteen minutes of stage time. Um, but yeah, I, I would expect that update at the end of the year. Oh gosh, I'm I'm both looking forward to that event, and man, will that be an expensive event for you? It will be. I think for most of us, but mostly me, because I'll get. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm. Do for a new iMac. I get a new phone every year. I get a new watch every year. That also means if if AirPower is released, I'll get that. And then I obviously need the new AirPods because then I want them to be wirelessly charged. So I also obviously also, you you can't you can't buy AirPower without having new headphones. I've also had. I mean, uh, when did the AirPods come out? Two years ago. Yeah. So uh, I, I got mine on day one and they, I do have a notice that the battery is degrading quite rapidly now. Sorry to interrupt, but about that. A few weeks ago, you guys told me that you were not charging your headphones very often. And I thought I was the one just always plugging them in without them actually needing to charge. And since then, I changed because I basically charge them every day. And you guys told me I didn't have to. Um, and then I changed to sort of just give it a couple of days i think i was waiting one or two days in between the charge and now i'm running out of battery seriously i think they've been degrading really like a lot um quite recently because i didn't use to charge them very often then uh, i just thought it was more convenient to plug it in every day and now uh, i noticed that it runs out after like one and a half days of use yeah, I think it's if you keep your your headphones between over eighty percent constantly, that that's what would degrade the battery. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But mine, mine are definitely. I noticed that I I use the red the right one a lot more than I use the left one. So whenever I only wear one AirPod, I wear the right one. So if I'm walking around at home or when I'm bicycling outside, I only wear one AirPod, um, and then usually the right one. Um, and I, I notice a huge difference now in battery life on my left and right AirPod. So the, if I'm, if I'm using both simultaneously and I'm, I'm uh, on a phone call, the right one runs out of battery in, in 45 minutes now, and the left one will last a bit longer. So I'm, I'm kind of considering how much use I got out of the AirPods. I'm quite happily, um, paying, uh, 
again to to get a get a new pair i mean i i don't think i've i've used any apple product in recent years as much as i used the airpods yeah i was gonna say the same i think it's actually the product i use the most uh, on a regular basis of course you need to use your phone as well just to have something to play from but i think for being an accessory i think it's the most most useful one mm. for me so I'm I'm quite happy to to get a new new one and if if we have everything being announced in September I think I'll go for one of one of each. <laughs> it's September next month. That will be an exciting. It's it's so oh, wow. it's so soon. I didn't realize that we're so so close to 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 a September event. Yeah, I'm still waiting for these uh these betas to to function properly with all the new series stuff and then I'll start thinking about new phones, I guess. Um We'll have to plan our podcasting schedule as well. I think we should record the day of the event. Uh, we can record right after the event if you want. I don't see why not. What what time what time is that uh, in your time zone again? Five a.m. No no biggie. Perfect. Just get straight on the phone. It's fine. <laughs> yeah yeah. I think that would be good. I'm I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I think that'll be that'll be really fun. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm trying to stay away from leaks but it's really hard this time because it's just the um the hardware design seem to be everywhere i actually haven't seen a single photo of leaked anything and i'm not going out of my way to avoid it i'm just also not searching for it and it's actually surprisingly easy to to miss all that stuff skipping ahead i want to i'm missing one point in our google docs but uh we'll get back to that i want to read the next uh mini topic that we've got here is there seriously no spell check in Google Docs? Question mark, explanation mark. There is spellen tester ter test tugger. So who was testing spell check in Google Docs? <laughs> it's weird, right? <laughs> I was. So I was unsure how to spell one word. I'm not going to say which one because it's actually quite straightforward to spell it. Uh, but I wasn't sure how it, spelled, how it was spelled. So I was like, oh, I'm just going to let spell check um, do it for me. And then... It looked so weird, and then I went back and forth, and both of them were correct. I'm like, no, there's no way you can spell this word in those ways. Um, so then I thought, I had a point saying that there is apparently no spell check in Google. <laughs> and then I said there is, and uh, added an example of spelling being misspelled. And I think oh, then, I saw that. And then I think Marlon just grabbed the next line to, to test spell checking. It still doesn't work for me. I don't know. It was quite slow on correcting the first two words, but the third word is no. The fourth word is definitely not a word. The t It's not a word. So in sadder news, the App Store affiliate link program is no more. Um, so the app uh, affiliate link program basically is a way for uh, people to to direct other people to download apps on the store um, or on any, con- any content from iTunes. And, you know, you send them a unique URL and it's got your, your affiliate code in there and you get a percentage of the revenue uh, that Apple make on the sale if you're the person who directed somebody to download uh, a piece of content um, from, from Apple. So that could be iTunes movies, apps. Um, I think even Apple Music stuff counts. Um, and so... Yesterday, I think it was, Apple announced that for the App Store uh, affiliate program, sorry, the App Store affiliate program is going away, uh, which is actually quite sad. And coincidentally, Apple closed that day as the first trillion dollar company. That makes it even worse. Coincident? <laughs> I don't think so. It was, mm. it was holding Apple back all along. We're like, how can yeah. we make that last dollar so we get to a trillion dollar? The affiliate program, let's just, let's just take that away. Yeah, we, we can't give away 2.5% of our App Store revenue anymore. <laughs> uh, but I think this has, a, this has a few implications for us as software developers and people who, who make a living writing apps. I mean, at the moment, uh, none of us are indies, uh, so it doesn't affect us directly, but I think it does affect the app ecosystem uh, in general because there are a lot, of, a lot of sites that were made on the back of this affiliate program. Uh, I mean, obviously, the internet being the internet, most of the content is free, um, but if you're you're writing about an app or reviewing an app, you you know you can make uh, it was previously seven percent, and now I think more recently two and a half percent off the back of any sales that you generate as a result of your article or 
whatever it might be, covering an app. And that exposure is great for, for indie apps in particular. Um, it's an incentive for uh, websites to write about these apps and to cover these apps and to put up lists of great apps and things like that. Uh, but now that incentive is is dramatically reduced. And I think the reason Apple gave was that the editorial stuff they're doing for the new app stores uh, sort of has that need covered. Um, but I definitely don't agree with that. I think they can push their own agenda there and that's fine, but there should also be uh, third parties, you know, independent uh, people who are, who are writing editorial content about apps. Um, and yeah, I, I, I would be sad to see any of that go away as a result of this affiliate revenue uh, being taken away. Yeah, and I think even if Apple provides it, it's um, like you said, it, it is a risk that people stop um, like linking to apps and stop writing as much. And I think it's always really good to uh, get multiple opinions um, of apps and of what what's available in the app store. So just to sort of lose that um, um, variety um, would be very would be quite sad. And I also don't know how many people actually go to the app store when looking for, um, when just browsing around for apps. Maybe it's something people will start doing. So hopefully that's something that will benefit developers. Um, but yeah, it is, it's definitely, definitely, it has potential of changing um, how people, like how, how multiple people who are involved in this get, get revenue. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of indie careers were built on the back of, particular popular websites writing about their apps not just once but you know repeatedly and those websites were up till now making money or a fair bit of money off affiliate links and that won't be the case anymore and it's uh it is quite sad but i think it also shows it's another way that apple are really trying to get every last cent as you mentioned marlon uh everywhere they can and, and build that services revenue uh, i think tim cook made a comment during the earnings call about that being how apple are going to to grow beyond the iphone or um I read something about that this week and services revenue. I understand that. Uh, but I think it does show you they really are pushing for every cent. And it also doesn't leave me with much hope that that uh, 30% cut that they take from App Store rev- from developers' uh, App Store revenue will ever, ever go down, uh, which is slightly worrying as well. Um, not that I think it needs to, to cut uh, necessarily, but it shows that they might even be considering increasing it if they're, you know, they're not opposed to taking away um, the affiliate program. They might be looking to get you know, an extra few cents per download uh, on their, by increasing their cut of App Store revenue too. Hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think. I think removing an existing affiliate program that kind of only covers a very small subsection of people compared to increasing the the cut is i think that those are in severity very different types of things so i i'm i'm not worried about that um that the app store cut i mean we've already already seen apple with subscriptions for example actually reducing the cut so i i wouldn't be surprised if um we rather see more of that to to make it easier or on the, on the developer side to reduce um, the 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 cut we're paying to Apple instead of um, uh, seeing an increase in that. I don't necessarily agree. I think that removing uh, reducing the cut on subscription revenue again is favorable for Apple. They want to encourage subscriptions because for them, a subscription where they take fifteen percent every year repeatedly for years on end is far better than taking 30% on maybe a $5 upfront purchase. So I think, again, that while it is nice for devs, it is something that, that helps Apple too. And I don't see, I definitely don't see the cut uh, from 30% being reduced anytime soon. I mean, I have no reason to believe they're going to increase it either. Um, but again, yeah, I do think it shows that they really are after uh, increased service revenue. And, you know, I, I guess maybe if it is a way to uh, to increase it, then maybe they wouldn't be opposed to increasing the 30% cut. I don't know. Just It just doesn't sit right with me at the moment. I don't know. Are there, are there actually a lot of um, websites that that rely on the affiliate uh, uh, money or is it, was it mostly like a nice bonus on top? Was, was it 2.5%? Yeah, so it was 7% until last year, I believe. And then more recently, you get 2.5%. That's right. Uh, and I think when that happened, there were a lot of sites that realized, oh, we might, you know, we can't rely on this revenue. We might not be able to continue um, 
you know, relying on it going forward. So I think a lot of sites did transition away from uh, affiliate revenue as their main source. Uh, but I did see a very uh, heartfelt post, I guess, from Touch Arcade, I think it was, um, saying that I mean, their, their whole business is essentially affiliate links, uh, I believe, both to the App Store and to Amazon. And they've lost a big chunk of that now with, with the App Store affiliate program going away. So there's definitely going to be a non-zero amount of, of sites affected. Um, I don't think the number is super large either. Um, but, you know, even if, if they're losing one site, that's a, they've driven a fair amount of, of traffic to the App Store over the years and helped out a lot of indie developers. And I think it's, it's sad to lose that at the very least. Do you know if it, was there an affiliate revenue for in-app purchases too? I don't know. Um, I have a feeling there might have been, but I'm not a hundred percent on that. I just feel um, to kind of simplify the the structure of who gets paid by by a purchase in general makes it easier to then make adjustments to for developers. So let's say we're we're getting rid of the affiliate um revenue and now it would potentially open a door to to get that money to developers instead. And I always struggle a bit with with kind of affiliate programs anyway because that kind of encourages people to write about paid applications more than than not paid applications especially if for example uh, in-app purchases wouldn't be part of that it would encourage to write about paid applications instead of applications that are free with with some kind of subscription service and i could see why why that potentially be something that isn't really what apple is after anyway so I don't know. I'm, I'm I don't really have a super strong opinion on that, but I I do think streamlining those kind of things potentially has, um, or at least makes it easier to then uh, uh kind of make the the entire payment structure easier and potentially making it that developers uh get get a better a, a higher cut. Yeah. Uh, just to clarify a few things. Um. So there is affiliate revenue on in-app purchases. Um, and the change last year was originally meant to drop it from 7% to 2.5% for both app, st- app sales and in-app purchases, uh, but they reversed the decision on app sales. So the, the 2.5% drop uh, only applied to in-app purchase affiliate revenue. Uh, so just to clarify some things from before. Sorry, Marlon, you were saying? Yeah, no, I was just... I just want to um, add on what Kai was saying. I think... Um, I was thinking about this too, that um, if you have... Um, if you have this incentive for people to write about paid app, uh, paid apps, maybe that means that less of the free apps actually get the attention that they should maybe have. But in the same time, I feel like it's more of a, people are more reluctant to download an app that they have to pay for in any way. And I think they don't, I'm not saying this is fair, but I, I'm, I'm thinking that they might not need as much of a push. Like they don't need to push, they don't need as much PR in order for it to be something that people want to download i think if it's a free app people just download it and try it like i sometimes download like 10 different apps um, that are all to-do lists uh, if they're free just to try them out sometimes i also pay for five of them but that's just me being weird um but i do think a lot of people just if it's a free app why not like they just go ahead and download it but i think you need more of an incentive to download uh, an app that you have to pay for and i think it's relatively fair if they are promoted a bit heavier um, because I think they do struggle a bit more to get the downloads in the first place. Yeah, I, I just really don't like the idea of any independent sites going away as a result of this. Um, I, I get that Apple Apple curate things themselves and that's fine. They're perfectly fine to do that. Uh, but I don't think that should be the only source of curation. And I know it won't be going forward, but that's sort of the implication uh, that was made there when they announced this change is that, well, hey, we curate things, so uh, why is it super important for other people to do this, you know, do the same? Uh, and I think that's it's fairly short-sighted and probably not very fair on, on devs as well because it, it means that they can you know promote apps that sort of fulfill their agendas um, and third-party sites might be a bit more holistic in their approach when they're, when they're looking at different apps. So anyway, it is what it is. Yeah, I, I do agree. I, I do agree with having having independent sites also talking about apps, but I don't think they will go away. The only part that goes away is that writing about it now has a finan- directly financial tie to, to people then actually purchasing it. And I don't know. I don't know if that's necessarily going to have a big negative impact. I think 
with Apple's announcement of dropping the percentage, a lot of people were already aware of that. That's, um, I mean, the writing was on the wall that that program either keeps shrinking in percentage or it's going away. Um, and at yep. the same time, I think it is, I mean, 7% seven was qu quite a lot. It was more than I, I remembered it being. And I feel... I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm optimistic, too optimistic, but I think it opens the door for potentially uh, decreasing the the split Apple's taking. How would you feel if that split, if that that seven percent, would directly move into a reduction in in Apple's cut for for apps? I don't see that happening. Would you feel like okay with it in that case? It would make it better. It would sort of ease the blow. Um, but I just, it really doesn't sit well with me what they said about them sort of curating stuff themselves. I, that, that part still doesn't feel right. And uh, All right. I didn't read any of that. So I don't know what, what Apple said about that. No one's entitled to affiliate revenue. So I'm sort of, you know, careful not to try and give that impression. Um, but I, I do feel like it is uh, a very much a power move to say, hey, well, we do this now. You don't need to. We're cutting our affiliate program. Yeah. Affiliate always kind of has that um, bad taste to it for me, where if I know someone is writing about something because they get money as a direct result of selling it to me, I feel like I'm more likely critical towards that article because I know they have a gain of making something sound more positive. That, and that's perfectly fair. That's perfectly fair. Um, but also there have been a lot of, as, as, soft, as a software dev, there have been a lot of indie careers built on the back of, of those recommendations. And I think that there is something valuable to them, even if not all of them are completely accurate or honest. But I, I don't think they would, they would be less valuable if um, the, the publishing organization doesn't make 7% of it. I don't think we... They're less they're, likely to happen. Are they? Less likely to be written. About. I mean, it's Google never had an affiliate program for for their stores. Uh, touch of cards. Look touch at the card. state of the Play Store. <laughs> I don't think there's a direct link between the state of the Play Store and and uh, an affiliate program. But Touch Arcade is is writing about uh, Android apps, and that they still write about it because it's a platform that people are using. Um, but I don't think. Now they will stop writing about mobile apps in general. Of course, there's there's revenue that is that they're not making every anymore, and I think that is that is sad because in general, I think a company like Apple has, I mean, as we t said earlier, trillion dollar company. Now they do have money for that kind of thing, and any kind of money that can that moves from from being kind of smaller publishers and, and, and uh, I guess, YouTube videos and anything that's kind of more smaller, smaller content, content creators moving, into, uh, moving towards Apple or going away, I think that is sad. And I agree with that. Um, but I don't think that means we, if there is a new app that deserves to be, uh, to get attention, I don't think 9to5Mac will now decide not to publish that article anymore because they don't have a financial upside. There, you know, I, I just don't think there, there needs to be a link between the, the attention uh, that something gets and, and the, the financial upside of, of then linking to that through an affiliate program. I, at least I hope that's not the case. And if, if so, I mean, then that would suck. <laughs> yeah, no, I get what you're saying. I'd like to think that the sites that I'm reading and the sites whose affiliate links I'm pressing on, uh, while sure, yes, the article is being being written with the idea of making money, that's what they do. They, they need to make money. That's fine. Uh, but I would also like to think that they're not going to sign off on an app and say that it's good uh, unless they really believe that. And I think Mac Stories in particular is, is a good example of that where, yes, they do use affiliate um, links and, and get money that way. I think I read something very recently that their uh, revenue is only about 10% from affiliate links. So they've moved away uh, from a time when it was close to 50 and it's probably a very smart move. Um, but even knowing that, you know, at once upon a time, their main source of revenue or 50% of it was affiliate links, uh, I still think that website holds themselves to a high enough standard that they will only write about apps they truly believe in, uh, that truly believe are, are good and useful and 
um, yeah, I think they've they've built up enough of a reputation, and and same with Nine to Five Mac that they're not going to cover an app just because they get affiliate revenue from it. Um, there's plenty of good apps out there, and you know, there's lots for these sites to write about. Yeah, yeah, and and I agree with that, and I think it is. I mean, even ten percent, it probably sucks for them to not get that ten percent anymore. And it's sad. Why would they get it? You know, why would um, they have to to take a ten percent cut in their in their income? Uh, that now just goes away it's not going to be directly replaced by something else i just don't think that that means mac stories will now stop writing about good indie apps as a result of that it just sucks that no. they don't get 10 percent. 10 percent of the income is now gone definitely not and in the case of mac stories they're not going anywhere um but you know to think once upon a time that it was 50 percent of their revenue imagine if that affiliate program didn't exist would that site be what it is today if they hadn't been able to, um, you know, to make money off of affiliate mm. links. Maybe, yeah. maybe not. No one knows. Um, but that could have been a, a contributing factor into getting a site like that uh, off the ground and into a position where it can support itself without uh, affiliate links. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't imagine too many sites are going away, but I still don't agree with the decision. I think most of the, the, the sites that have a good reputation also... Um, didn't write explicitly for f positively about an app that they didn't actually truly believe was a good app just for ad revenue. Um, but I think the sites that had the integrity and that had the quality of like a nine to five max or um, uh, what's the other one called? Mac stories, yeah. Mac stories. Um, I also think those are the ones that we were not, that that won't go away as a result of that. I think what probably goes away is a lot of the uh, spammier type of websites that just link to as many apps as they can because they want to um, get uh, affiliate revenue or websites that just like index all the apps. So if you're looking for an app name, you you hit their website and they link you into the app store to then collect the revenue. I think that will definitely, I mean, that will definitely go away. And I think that is kind of potentially the, uh, the, the upside to that. Yeah, that's fair. So I, 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 I just, I think it's sad, as I said, for Mac stories not to get a 10%, but I don't think it will necessarily have a purely negative impact. So we go back to our list this week then. Um, at the moment, we have tweet button number one, things on number two, and one password in third and last place. Um, so Mona, what's your what's your addition this week? Um, this week I picked Fantastical, uh, which is a calendar app. And it also, like my app last week, this one also has a Mac file. All right. Um... I don't. I don't know. I don't want to call it pick. So my my selected app um, is Weatherline, um, and it's a weather app, and it doesn't have a Mac client. Cool insight. Cool. So I've got Outcast, which is a podcast player specifically designed for the Apple Watch. It it has an iPhone companion app because it has to, but it doesn't. The app doesn't do anything, and it definitely doesn't have a Mac app. So. Keeping with the rules. <laughs> um, this is interesting, actually, because this week we have a lot broader selections. So getting this into a list, it might be a bit trickier. And just to clarify for the listeners, we don't we don't order these. Uh, we don't talk about where these should go in the list before we we discuss on the air. So this is all live discussion. I also didn't know either Marlon or Kai's picks until about thirty seconds ago. Yeah, keeping it real. So I have some conflicting feelings about Fantastical. I used to really love Fantastical, and it was something I recommended to everyone. And it is quite a pricey app, um, but I definitely thought it was worth it. And I think you do have the default calendar app um, on, uh, like, on both iPhone and uh, and on Macs. But I just felt like the, this added a lot like it was really like showing me a great view of how uh, how my day would be and it was also combining reminders in and it was quite a nice um, UI for that but I think since I started using things I'm not actually using it as, mu as much because I have all of my like realistically I'm not having that many things um, 
in my calendar, so I have to look at it like uh, on an hourly basis. But I think the thing I looked at it for was uh, reminders. Um, so then now when I'm using things so much, I feel like that sort of replaced a part that I really cared about in Fantastical. Um, so I sort of put this up because it used to be an app that I really, really liked. Um, and now I sort of had a split feelings about it. And I really want to get back to it. But um, at the moment, I'm just not sure if it's something... It's just nothing I'm using as heavily anymore. And I think that's a bit sad because it is it is quite a nice app. I also use Fantastical as my main calendar. Um, my biggest problem is I on my home screen, I still have Fantastical and Apple's calendar app because on iOS, you can have automatically changing app icons so just to be able to see at a glance uh what what day uh, and what month it is i i now have two calendar apps on my home screen yeah i have the same so i have the main calendar the, the native calendar app on my second screen so if i need to know what date it is i just swipe to the second screen but it's definitely not as convenient as just when you just have it on on the home screen so to, to make this easier, I think I would actually be happy to add my suggestion with a line to the very end of the... No, I want it to be higher. <laughs> <laughs> I love weatherline. I'm using it all the time. It's it's not... There's certain things I have I'm less satisfied with, but overall I think it's been a great app and I've been using it for a while together with probably four other weather apps, but I've been I've been using it and I feel like it's definitely giving me a certain functionality that i like on a daily basis. i mean I, I do agree and we were talking about that the other day um it is it is really nice because you can see i mean it, it is called weatherline because it's quite literally uh showing you the top temperature and the low temperature of the day on a line over over the next 10 days i believe and it's quite nice because you can kind of see at a glance uh does the top temperature change over the next uh next few days so does the weather in general trend upwards or downwards? Uh, will it get way colder overnight? And you can kind of see at a glance, is there anything that sticks out or is it roughly staying the same? If it's roughly staying the same, you you just don't have to pay attention. Um, and if you see any any kind of like cloud icons or rain icons, you can just tap that day and see, all right, what, what is weather looking like for that day in particular? And I kind of like that, that you have... Uh, a quite a nice way of getting an overview for the next few days and kind of getting a trend line in a way. Um, my reason to potentially putting it last is just because I think it's hard to compete with any of the other apps just because they fulfill, kind of have a different value in my uh, different purpose in my life that I might um, require more I, I might change my opinion uh when, when it turns uh, uh autumn or, or winter in vancouver but at the moment it's usually just sunny and nice every day so i'm at the moment not using weather apps a lot so i think at least where i am at the moment i'd be happy to say all the other apps to be higher than 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 weatherline no, I think you no matter what season it is, even if you're in the middle of the desert, you want to care about what the weather is like, especially what weatherline what weatherline provides the temperatures throughout the day in a great detail, and I think that is very beneficial, and I really like that. Um, and it's sort of good if you want to take a walk on the middle, like sometime during the day. It's great that you can just see what time you should go. There are definitely, as I said, there are things that I can complain about. For example, you can't see any of the previous days. Uh, at least I haven't been able to find the functionality of seeing the previous days. And that's something I miss because sometimes I might want to get dressed uh, for a specific weather. So I want to compare it to the day before. And then that day is just completely gone. Um, so I do miss that. Um, but overall, it's something I use every day. So And Fantastical, unfortunately, is not as used for me in my day-to-day. Um, -day. All right. Well, what if we compare it to the already existing ordered items? Would you put it above Tweetbot things or 1Password? No, but I think maybe fourth place. So in the end of in the end of that list, but I think Fantastical might be under it. Okay. So Zach, do you want to talk a bit about like your feelings about Outcast, or do you have any any comments on Weatherline? Have you used that? Uh, I haven't used it, no. But I 
don't believe that any weather app should be too high on the list. Uh, that's that's my take on it. Um, Coming from Australia. There are, there are lots of weather apps. Well, okay, if there's going to be one at the top of the list, it has to be Pocket Weather, of course, uh, you know, <laughs> designed and developed in Adelaide. Um, I really but, like Pocket but, Weather. It's it's just that I, I, I'm weird about weather apps. I use... I think I have probably seven weather apps installed right now, and oh, I think wow. I'm using like three on a daily basis. And um, unfortunately, I can't use uh, Pocket Weather in uh, in, in <laughs> Vancouver. Yeah, I think I think you picked the wrong co-host for for trying to put a a, <laughs> a weather app uh, in the bottom of any list. Just I'm Sorry, I'm the will, same. I, I just counted. I have at the moment nine weather apps installed. Oh, that's a lie. I forgot one entire uh, page on my home uh, on my. Uh, on springboard so i i think i'm i'm well over 15 jeez that's that's ridiculous this is now a a list of weather apps but with pocket (laughs) weather as soon as you leave the country uh, of australia uh all it will show you is the cocos island and at the moment at cocos island it's 26.7 degrees feels like 24.9 and that's all information you can see so uh, we we needed unfortunately we needed to to find a replacement weatherline seems to be the one that we are using the most at the moment but yeah if you're in australia you're lucky to use uh, pocket weather so if you're in australia you also have another fantastic weather app called rain parrot which I would rate almost equally as high as Pocket Weather. I believe you both used that when you were here. Yeah. Um, yep. See, you also have multiple weather apps. Uh, I think we can Look, put weather Australia, apps home higher. of the weather app. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite easy to get it right. Yeah. It's, uh, well, why, why are the numbers so high? It's winter. It's 20 degrees and sunny. It's, it's summer. <laughs> it's 30 degrees and sunny. Surprise. Yeah, weather apps are great. I mean, in in North America, we actually have uh, Dark Sky, which is quite similar to to what uh, Rain Parrot does in Australia. And um, the Dark Sky API is the API that Weatherline uses. So you can also have those uh, minute-by-minute accuracy weather forecast for the next hour. Cool. Well, anyway, I don't think that um, that Weatherline should be above Outcast. Uh, I think... I, I, like, I'm a huge fan of, of Outcast. Uh, I think it's a huge technical achievement. Uh, and one of the things that really uh, has sort of sticks out to me about Outcast is that there are a lot of devs. Um, I mean, most people tackling the, the podcasting, uh, native podcasting app on the Apple Watch, uh, at least until now, have been indie devs or, or devs with fairly small teams. Uh, a lot of the big companies haven't. Uh, gotten into that. I know that will probably change this year with uh, the new background audio APIs that are coming in WatchOS 5 and also now that Apple have their own podcast app built into iOS, uh, sorry, into WatchOS. Uh, but until now, Outcast has really been the only way to go um, for getting podcasts, playing, both playing and streaming podcasts on your Apple Watch. And I think that it deserves quite a high place in the list uh, just because of the technical achievement that it is. And also just because it's a great development feat. I mean, a lot of the the devs who have tried uh, podcast app, native podcast apps until now have sort of given up. They've complained that the APIs are too limited, and completely understand that. Yes, it's it's very limited, and you know it's 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 quite difficult to do. I, I get that, but I think uh, the developer of Outcast just sort of stuck with it and made uh, made do with what he can. Um, you know, use the use the APIs he can, he could, and you know, has excluded the features that aren't possible. Um, and I think for that, uh, you know, the the willingness to persist and the end end product, which is actually a really good, uh, you know, native way to play back podcasts on your Apple Watch, I think that that's uh, a fantastic app, and I use it uh, almost every day, uh, weekly, definitely, um, uh, while I'm out and about, and. Yeah, it's it's awesome to be able to detach and not not need to take your phone, um, particularly when out on a walk. Uh, so yeah, I think for that uh, for the technical achievement that it is, uh, it does deserve a pretty high place on the list. I would agree that technically it is it is a really cool achievement, and I I also tried Overcast uh, Outcast um, just to see how it works, and it worked uh, surprisingly well, uh, even with mm-hmm. the limited API support from Apple um, until. WatchOS 5 comes out. Um, it's just, I'm, I mean, you're more of a runner. You're going 
where you're trying to keep your pockets as light as possible. So I think you yeah. have more of a desire to to play back audio, either no matter if podcast or, or music from your watch, that mm -hmm. I just don't have. So I don't have... I, I do find it fascinating and I'm impressed of how well it all works, but I'm not using Outcast uh, at any frequency apart from looking what, what has been added and what has been improved. Yeah, it's definitely a, a niche product. And I mean, most people aren't without their phones for an extended period of time. I know I'm usually not without my phone for too long. The reason I would be is usually exercise. And um, so I sort of, you know, do want to say I'm not using it for three hours a day, like I might be my main iOS podcast app, but I, I would rate uh, Outcast above on this list. I would rate Outcast above the main iOS app, the app that I'm using on my iPhone for podcasts, uh, just because of when you do need it and when you do use it, I usually, um, if I'm taking a walk or if I'm, I don't listen to podcasts while I run, but at the end of the run, if I'm walking to cool down or whatever, I might put on a podcast. And I think those few times a week when I am using uh, Outcast, it is absolutely fantastic and a super valuable app to have. So where would you rate it in comparison to the things we already had on, have on the list? So in comparison to TweetBot, things and 1Password? That, that's a really tough question. Um, I'm going to say either one or two. Whoa. I know there's no single way to rank the list. Uh, I think it jumps 1Password for sure. And probably things as well. Again, reason being things, one of those apps where there are many competitors. Um, it's similar to Fantastical. It's a type of app that's built into iOS. There's dozens of, of good competitors available on the App Store. Uh, and I think the, the nicheness of Outcast uh, combined with the, the technical achievement possibly even means it jumps TweetBot for me. There's Whoa. no replacement for Outcast. <laughs> Hold your horses. <laughs> but there is a replacement for TweetBot. Yeah, uh, it's bold. But... This is not a list of uh, what are the least replaceable apps. <laughs> Matt, we if we only had affiliate links on our on those apps. <laughs> yeah. All right. So this is the first time I think we need some kind of conflict resolution protocol for, for this list. <laughs> okay, I can I can I guess I can say what what I would be happy with um, for sax um, for sax uh, outcast. I think I definitely agree with the technical achievements and I think I think it's a greater technical achievement, achievement than things. So I want to put it above things. But then wouldn't one password also be quite a great technical achievement? Just considering how many platforms it's on and how it integrates um, with Safari and with, with But other... again, there are tons of password managers. That's that's where yeah, I you're right. struggle another... to rank yeah. things like things, one password, weatherline and fantastical is that there are so many alternatives. It's also why I didn't pick an iOS podcast player, because again, there are a bunch of alternatives there. But I mean, there, there are probably some really, uh, there, there, there are some apps that have no competitors because they have no purpose. Doesn't make them the most, the highest ranked app. I don't think we should only that's, go- That's not why this has no competitors. No, 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 uh, no, Other no, people have tried. It is because uh, a lot of people can get it to work because it was really tricky to get working. Um, yep. But I don't think um, that alone would make it, f because for me, sure, there are a lot of competitors for weather apps, but that means you can find the one that's exactly right for you. And I think that is also something to that is- for me personally, something that gets exactly the way I think about weather is also, in a way, something that, that kind of is an achievement and something that I feel makes the app more special to me because it's something that's so so focused on the way I think about that topic. Yeah, and I also think it's... It is quite hard, um, like you said, Zach. To if you if you have an app that's actually having native apps uh, or like uh, that Apple have made other versions of, um, it is very hard to actually have some selling points. But I think that actually pushes a lot of apps to make, like, make the perfect app or make something very specific, like Fantastical. It has a very specific view of how you, uh, or I think the main selling point of Fantastical is how you actually add calendar events. And I think that's something that they really had to work on in order to actually be seen as um, being a strong competitor and being something that people want to download instead of just using the default calendar app. So I do think there are some benefits of having 
of apps that are already system apps uh, because I think that really has like means that they have to push the boundaries. Um, so I don't think we should just put those apps further down just because there are other alternatives or just because there are native ones. So I would I would definitely be happy to shuffle one password down a bit, uh, just because I've actually recently had a lot of issues with the um, with the iOS client, mostly with with delays after unlocking until you can search, um, and sometimes the the search interface kind of getting stuck and having to to kill the app to to get into a non broken state. So I'd be happy to to drop one password a few spots to make space for potentially weatherline and outcast in that order i would agree with that but outcast above weatherline yes what what yeah outcast i, I above think i just weatherline. got two yeps and then a what yeah no i i thought that's what we decided that, that's sort of what i was thinking i think i'm unsure if it should be above um it shouldn't be about Tweetbot, I think, because I think it's something that all three of us are using very, very regularly, and I think it's, um, it's so, it's really a main part of our day-to-day -day life, and that's why I think it probably shouldn't go above that, even though it, it okay, is, um, it is great once you actually want to use it on the watch. But I think it's something that you're, um, yeah, like you, you might do it on a regular basis, but it's not as frequent. So that's why I think Tweetbot should be quite high, and then I'm thinking. It's either, I think Overcast, uh, Outcast can either be, I was thinking it can be above one password, but I'm not sure about things. Because things is something I use all the time. Yeah, I could live with Tweetbond things, <sighs> Outcast, Weatherline, fantastical one password. Sure. And I think I think I think you're right. It deserves a a pull position at least this week, and then we can see uh, <laughs> how that will move around next week. I feel like you're now plotting to bring it down the list. <laughs> I mean, uh, one password was quite quickly just thrown down there because of some issues. So well, you never know. We might change it up, but I think this is quite a fair order. Are you happy with this, Zach? Yeah, that seems right to me. Cool. Cool. So our new new order then is Tweetbot number one, Things number two, Outcast three, Weatherline four, Fantastical five, and one password on six, and currently last. I hope you're happy. Yeah. <laughs> because Kai seems is fair. It. <laughs> <laughs> all right so now our our butter chicken and korma is getting cold so i think that's all the time we have this week i think that's how we always end we, we, us getting food yeah. or being incredibly hungry i think that's a theme we start with coffee we end with starvation mm. i think that's just the general a theme does coffee of... make you hungry maybe i think not having dinner by 10 10 p.m makes you hungry yeah that's just weird I think that's completely unrelated. All right. Uh, great chatting to you, Zach. Yeah, it was great. Great chat. Yeah, it was, it was good. Until the very end when you fought your battles with Outcast. <laughs> See you next week. Bye.